the way we talk about this in the nutrition is modern desires. Okay, so when you talk to somebody, you gotta, you gotta reshape the way you teach nutrition. Reshape it. You can't talk about four calories of this, four calories of that, nine calories of this. You can't. First of all, hey, let's, get, let, let's, um, let's understand the game we're playing and the machine we're playing with, because you need to know. If you're driving a car, you can't treat it like a plane. You can't treat it like a boat, it's a car. So let's understand the machine so we can understand how to deal with the machine, right? Okay, this machine. This machine hates everything you like, okay, and loves everything you hate. Got it? This machine is built for survival. Anything you do to it that, that it doesn't like, it'll adapt. And after a while, what you're doing is not good anymore. This thing hates muscles. You love muscles, okay? This thing loves fat. You hate fat. This thing hates to move. You like to exercise. This thing likes inefficient metabolism. I mean, uh, efficient metabolism. It likes to be slow. It likes to take that thyroid and shut everything down. Why? Because it, wanna make, it, it needs the less energy, so you have to do the less work to get food, to feed the energy, less work, less energy, and that's why you see all the Indians in the Amazon, all they do is sleep every day, they chill. You see a village, and it's just chill. You don't see anybody doing jumping jacks. You don't see anybody, hey, man, let's take a jog. No, it's chill. Chill the least amount. Yeah, but what about they hunt? Have you seen them hunt? Bam, kill a monkey, kill a bird. I got them. Let's go back, walking, easy. We share this with everybody because we're not eating a whole lot. Why? Because we're very small. Why? Because we like to stay small. The smaller we are, the less we need. The less we need, the less we have to do. The less we have to do, the less we need. And it just chill. Got it? Okay. This thing here hates stress. Okay? Loves sleep. You love stress because if not, you wouldn't be on this shit 24-7. Okay? All right? And everything else. And you live in a stressful environment. This thing is not made for that. You start doing that to this thing, bad things happen. Inflammatory responses, chronic diseases, on and on. Okay. So you got to see the modern desires and the evolutionary machine so you understand. So you got it? Okay? You understand that? So it loves, this thing loves not to eat. It loves it. It, it. it deals really good with always being hungry. Socially, you hate that. And culturally, everybody celebrates with excess. How's the restaurant? It sucked. Why? 40 bucks, bro, for an eight-ounce filet, three asparagus, and the paint, you know? 40 bucks. Versus, how's the restaurant? Las Fajitas, awesome. Chimichangas, seven bucks like this. I had to take a, home half of it. Where do you frequent? Las fajitas. Why? Because you're conditioned. And it goes way back. I mean, if you want to get, you know, way, it goes back when we were trading for food. When you trade it, you always trade it for food. You trade it for livestock. You trade it for chickens. You trade it for goats. Goats produce milk. Livestock gives you milk, and so on and so forth. It was food, because that's survival. So you're going to read about that. Energetics of food. You got to treat that, understand that not all calories are the same. I went to Florida Atlantic University. I remember asking Dr. Whitehurst when we were on the nutrition course. So, Doc, a calorie is a calorie, pretty much. So if I eat 1,000, I asked him this. If I eat 1,000 calories of mayonnaise and I eat 1,000 calories of lettuce or broccoli, is it the same? He goes, yep. That was, that was the thing. Okay? No, it's not. Because you eat 1,000 calories of uh, breast of chicken that's 30% thermic, and you eat 1,000 calories of mayonnaise that's anywhere between 1% and 3%, 
okay, that 1,000 calories of dried chicken, you know, with no fat, costs you 300 calories just to utilize it. Because it turns out that breaking chains of, chains of amino acid is what makes this body work. So if you have white rice, it's only got a few chains, chap, chap, boom, you got sugar. But if you have broccoli, bigger chains, it's lower acting, lower glycemic. It's chop, 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 chop. So broccoli may cost you 15 calories out of 100. White rice may cost you 5 calories out of 100. So you got to teach that. Why? If you eat the right thing, I can get a free 40-minute treadmill, treadmill uh, workout out of it for free. Really? Yeah, eating the right foods can cost you as much as 250, 300 calories a day. You interested in eating a lot? I got you. You know, a pound of salad versus a pound of fettuccine. 15 calories out of 100 usage versus 5 calories. Which one do you want? And over seven days, if you're burning an extra 200, just 200, over seven days eating the right thing, that's 1,400. How much is that per month? Bang, bang, bang. At the end of six months, you haven't even, you haven't even exercised. And you're burning just like one pound a month, one pound a month. You don't think that's a lot, a pound and a half. Man, at the end of six, six months, that's sweet, okay? So you'll see about that. Energetics of the body. People think exercise. Man, exercising, shit. If you exercise three days a week and you're burning 500 calories, divided by seven, 1,500 calories per day times three is 1,500. Divided by seven, you got 200 and a little, a little, a little bit over 200 calories per day. That's one of those donuts and then some. So exercise is less than 10%. Metabolic rate ain't gonna change. That's genetic and that's age dependent. So what can change? Okay, what can change? Exercise, thermic effect of food, and your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Big thing, that means move your ass when you're not exercising and when you're not sleeping. So park, take your steps, and that's where the pedometers are awesome. Because if somebody's, let's say, doing 1,000 steps, they're doing nothing. You don't want them to go, hey, I need 10,000 steps. They're going to forget it. But like, what, what about if we do 2,000? You can do 2,000. Okay, just, you know, park the next lane over so you can get a little bit there. And if you're going to talk to Danny, instead of texting him, if you're in the same, take a walk and see Danny and talk to him. And take a walk back. So by 1 o'clock, they're going, I need 2,000. How much do I have? 300. It's like, Shh. Now they're starting to walk to the water fountain back, and, they, and they, they're responsible here. They say that, neat, non-exercise activity thermogenesis is the biggest determinant of weight that there is outside of basal metabolic rate, things you can change. Then you have exercise and you have thermic effect of food. The easy ones are non-exercise activity thermogenesis and thermic effect of food. That's an easy one to fix. Add a few steps. And then if you can add some exercises, that could be the difference of 500 calories a day when you put all three together. And that's not, that's not hard, guys. That's a, little, a few extra little steps. and. Go to the gym a little bit. All of a sudden, you're doing 500 calories. You tighten up on the food a little bit, and now we're getting somewhere, and you're not starving. So we talk about that, energy balance, how much, um, what is the percentage of each of these things relative to the day? Muscle gain, what are the necessary elements of muscle gain? It's a little bit of stimulus. You don't need you know, 57 grams of protein per pound or something like that. 
Dude, you get a, a pound per, uh, a gram per pound, you got plenty. A gram per pound is the magic number. It's on the higher side, but it's not toxic high, all right? Joey Antonio did two grams per pound, two and a half grams per pound study for 12 weeks. So in order for me to be in his study, me at 225, I had to do almost 500 grams of protein a day. I mean, I'm talking high. You're gonna, you, no, no, it's a study. It's a study. What did he want to prove? He wanted to prove that high, very high levels of protein did two things. Nothing to the organs, nothing to the hormones, and that you could overeat to the tune of five or 600 calories per day and not gain fat. Why? Because if you're doing 500 grams of protein and protein whey is between 30 and 40% thermic because the amount of amino acids it has to break it up, he says the students were like this, sweating. They were profusely sweating in his class 24-7. And they needed to do like four or five shakes just to get there. He did studies. Uh, kidneys, perfect. Liver. Why? Because we're not at that level yet. Like one of my clients is 65 and she's in amazing shape. And you should go to a doctor. I'm amazing. How long can I continue this? Because I don't know. We don't know yet where the infancy stages are. So you don't, so you don't know. And, and Joey, as a scientist, his job is to study it. Yeah, but common sense. Uh, he's, not pro, he, he's not a proponent of 500 grams. He did it to make a point that even ridiculous amount of proteins do not negatively impact the organs in 12 weeks. That's the study. That's his statement. That's it. He's not, he's not a proponent of that lifestyle. He did it as a scientist. You got to understand science. When you do it, it's not to prove that you can live like that. You're just doing to see if this what affects that. And if it doesn't, you can't. You go, all right, at least we know this. It's impossible to live like that. He says it, it was impossible. No, no, I'm tr trust me, trust me. I can do 200, no problems, a day. At, at 200 pounds, 225 pounds, I can do 200, 225 grams, no, no problems, easy, easy. To do 500, there's no friggin' way. Even if I like high protein, there's no way, man. I have enough problems eating 225. I got, I mean, I got to push. I got to push and eat some chicken and do a couple of shakes and eat some more chicken to get 225. You know, don't think that I can, oh, 225, I can do it, but I gotta, I gotta concentrate on eating protein. There's no way you're gonna sustain that, okay? So that, remember, you gotta understand the point of the research, not get offensive and ah, no, 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 relax, breathe, breathe. You gotta understand the scientist, what he's trying to say, and what the, what the research is used for, okay? Muscle gain, understand the body doesn't wanna do this. The body hates this. So understand that this is a modern desire. We have a myostatin gene that blocks this. Because the maker of this body knew you were an idiot and you might want 30 inch arms. And you shouldn't have 30 inch arms for the same reasons that I should do 500 grams of protein. Okay? And it said, all right, I'm gonna block how much, how big you can get. Because I know some people are gonna wanna be, you know, 24 inch necks and 50 inch thighs, and we can't do that. So I'm gonna give you a myostatin gene. And then you see genetics, genetics. Watch, um, look at the interview with Eddie Hall. It's on YouTube about the, about the myostatin gene and his family. He is the world record, uh, record holder in the deadlift. Okay, Eddie Hall. Look at, and he'll tell you, he goes, 
I've, I've traced my lineage. He goes, I'm a Viking. You know, I have this myostatin inhibitor in me that gives me the propensity to be bigger than most. And my daughter has it. And my daughter is beating dudes at arms wrestling. Yeah, so he'll tell you the whole story. But there you have it. It's genetics. I can lift till I'm blue in the face. I'm never going to be a, a, a Eddie Hall. And you know how many times, uh, uh, how many people 1,000-pound deadlifts would absolutely crush? So these people are genetic phenoms. Hussein Bolt, genetic phenoms. The guy who just broke two, uh, two hours on the marathon, genetic phenoms, okay? Fat and weight loss. This is not natural. The body hates this from a survival standpoint, so it's got caution. But if you keep it there, and you, that's your lifestyle, so you reduce the caloric input for the, for the, uh, for the body at about 60% of what it needs. So if you're constantly in a starvation mode, but, but feed it enough to survive, the body shuts down everything and makes it longer. So instead of living like this, okay, this, it makes the rectangle longer. So it lowers your metabolic rate, lowers everything. All expenditure is low because you're starving the body, but you're really not starving it because you're feeding it enough to sustain life. And Caloric deficit is the only life extension program that has been proven in just about every species that it's been tried. So the body, from a survival standpoint, loves very little food. You hate it. We in society hate it and we frown on it. You don't have enough to eat. He doesn't even have enough to eat. He, he, he just needs enough. <laughs> what he has is probably too much already. <laughs> okay. And common dietary strategies, I like all of them. The problem is you can't sustain it. You can't sustain keto. They're calling keto. Keto is, is low fat because these people on keto, they're not peeing into a strip purple every day. They're not. They're not. I've talked to doctors. Oh, I'm in a keto diet. No, you're not in a keto diet. Okay, you got to be 80% fat to be in a keto diet to pee ketones. How do you, so how do you stay there? What are you, drinking a, a cup of primrose oil a day to stay there? Because that's what I had to do. I had to do a cup of uh, olive oil because I was doing a lot of meat and nothing, no carbs, nothing, and I couldn't get into ketosis. And I asked my roommate, uh, Tom Incliden, who's a genius now, has about 12 doctors working for him, PhD out of U of M. Tom, I, I, I can't, it's not turning purple, bro. I'm not eating shit. I'm living on pork rinds and meatballs. That's it. He goes, let me see. And I go, look, look at the meatballs. This is all I'm eating. That's it. Because you're eating too much protein, bro. Protein's being changed to, uh, to gly glycogen. That's why you're not peeing. So what do I do? He goes, I used to drink a cup of primrose oil. That's disgusting, Tom. He goes, I'm telling you, find a way to consume. And he poured it. He, find a way to consume that olive oil. And I said, he goes, I don't care, man. Dump the meatballs in there. I'm going, that's an idea. So I used to take the, I left the oil out. And I used to take meatballs, dump it. Dump it, in 36 hours, whoop, purple. In 36 hours, done. And I stayed on that thing for about two weeks, and I did the SAQ camp at uh, St. Andrews. I ran with the kids, and that deep, the, uh, debunked the myth that you couldn't do high-intensity intervals on ketones. And you can make the adaptation. Okay, now, keep it. Go ahead, keep it. 
Keep it when you go to the baseball game. Keep it uh, on her birthday. Keep it on that party at UFC that we're going to have at the house where they're bringing all that. Keep it at a wedding. Keep it. It's going to be impossible. Okay? So you need a little bit of everything. You need days where you're going to be eating four days, maybe on Saturday when you're home, Sunday when you're home. So that would be your, four, that would be your frequent meals. Okay? You're going to need intermittent fasting. You're going to need that because you got called into work. It's an emergency. You're so jacked up that 3 o'clock rolls around and you realize that you're on a cup of coffee. That's the day for intermittent fasting. Shit, that was my four to six meal day. Calories, calories in, calories out. That's the first. So we got to get people to common, common strategies. All right, periodization of, 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 uh, of nutrition. First, change frequencies. Then the frequency, what does it do? What's the most important thing for nutrition of the, the body? The body's number one on its way to survival. It does one thing and one thing only that it wants to do. Control blood sugar. That is the most important thing that the body controls. Everything from thyroid function, T3, T4, leptin, grenoline, glucagon, insulin, testosterone, growth hormone, everything is centered around glucose. Glucose will impact everything. Glucose will impact hunger. Glucose will impact fat storage. Glucose impacts how, how you, um, what you're hungry for, where you store it, everything. So the easiest way to control glucose is frequent feedings, without a doubt. But it's not practical for a lot of people. So there's the, the play. There's the play right there, okay? The number one thing for fat loss is calorie deficit. So control glucose in a calorie deficit state. But wait a minute. Don't do it too long or too hard because the thyroid finds out. The thyroid finds out, well, today uh, your basal metabolic rate is 1,500 because you weigh 200 pounds. And then now when you weigh 180 and your thyroid has picked up the 300 calorie negative per day after month two, now your basal metabolic rate, instead of being 1,500, it's 1,300. Now, the 200 they used to walk to lose weight, now you have to walk to maintain. And if walking burned 300 calories at 200, now at 180, it only burns 250. So, yeah, great things happen, but less things happen per minute of effort. So that starts to beat you down. So these are the things that you have to recognize all right? At the end of the day, you got to maintain your calories low. you got to control your glucagon. I mean, your glucose. And all of this nutrition seminar is based around those, those issues. It talk, we'll talk about the hormones. We'll talk about how high insulin, high glucagon, is, I mean, glucose, high insulin. High insulin spikes up and down, creates high insulin here, low ins uh, uh, high cortisol here. And High insulin and low cortisol does the same thing. The worst thing to men and the worst thing to women. To men, these extremities, right, uh, extremes right here, to men, lower testosterone, increase estrogen. To women, increase testosterone, lower estrogen. So men with boobs, women with mustache. Not a good thing. So you want to you wanna crush this, these peaks and you want to level it like that. The only way to level is intermittent fasting or frequent meals. Out of the two, I would say that frequent meals are probably the, the, the most realistic, I think the healthiest, 
But intermittent fasting is, is healthy too. Why? Because you're not eating a lot. And you go, well, that's not good. No, it is good. It's not good for you mentally, but it is good for the body. The body loves it. The body loves it. Fasting, the body loves it. 